That's why judges are some of the smartest people because they can throw out words that are puffery and everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah. That, it's, it's not a real word, I don't believe. But <laughs> of course it's yeah, puffery. It's, yeah. Yeah, it totally encapsulates what you want to say. Like, that's exactly it. You can, you can say, like, marketing jargon. You can say yeah. buzzwords and everything. But when you say puffery, there's something else that Somebody's comes gonna to stop. mind. Yeah. Whiskey, whiskey. The singer's getting sore. We raise the roof now when we're lower in the floor. The band is blistering, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, you say three, four. One, two, three, four. Welcome to episode 31 of The Whiskey Topic. I'm Mark Bylock, and as always, I'm joined by Jamie Johnson. Hey. Hey, everybody. Um, today On today's podcast, we have Blake from Bourboner.com. Blake has been writing about whiskey since about 2010, uh, has, a, has a huge following, uh, and a lot of opinions about bourbon and a lot of topics that we often talk about. Um, so we thought we'd have Blake on the show. Blake, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad to, glad to join you. I'm super excited because, Blake, I, when I first started getting into uh, whiskey, yours was the first um, sort of place that I consistently went back to for information and signed up for your newsletter sort of right away. So I'm super excited that you're here. Well, that's awesome. And actually, the it's really only been around since 2013. I'd like to take credit since 2010, but um, there were a few years in there where I wasn't writing anything. So <laughs> glad glad you uh, I can help you out with some of the articles. So Yeah, we um, so you posted an article today, and I thought that was uh, pretty interesting. You were talking about... Uh, the latest Jim Beam um, ordeal. So uh, mm-hmm. we, we've covered this on the podcast before where Jim Beam essentially um, and others are being sued for the use of handcrafted uh, on the labels and how there's these class action lawsuits trying to say that it's uh, deceit, uh, that they're deceiving the uh, consumer. So Blake, uh, t- tell us a little bit about what you wrote about today and what you discovered. Yeah. So basically, you know, Jim Beam had a class action lawsuit against them where the, I believe it was the word handcrafted, they were saying uh, was misleading to consumers. Base and Beam's argument was, well, one, the TTB approved the label, and two, you know, this just kind of marketing. Um, and the judge ruled in Beam's favor that it was just marketing puffery was was the word that the judge used, which is pretty funny as we were talking about earlier. But um, it's just kind of a great word. But it really goes to show you how much marketing and puffery is on labels um, instead of probably a lot of things that most bourbon uh, whiskey advocates would like to read today, like things like age statement or mash bill recipe. Um, very few are actually putting that kind of stuff on the label. So it's, it's just kind of when you take a step back and look at everything that's on a label and all these fancy stories and everything, it's like, okay, this it does fill space on the label, but does it really mean anything? Um, so that that was the kind of the overview of today's post. But I'm sure there'll be plenty of people who disagree and think it's very important to have all this kind of stuff on labels. <laughs> is it is there like a is there is it a problem that needs solving? I'm just because we sort of have danced around this a couple times. Mm-hmm. Is is there? Is, do we need to solve this like, yeah, problem? Do, is or do we need to? tighten up the labeling or is that going to make things worse or is it going to be then it's sort of over legalizing it like you know mm-hmm. what I mean like mm-hmm. what what's what's the solution if if one needs to be had I kind of had that same thought of one is it even a problem right and really I don't think it is it's just 
as long as you're aware of it, I guess would be the uh, um, because you look at basically any major bourbon or whiskey, people have figured out, you know, the mash bill for the most part, um, a a general age and uh, most of the important details. I mean, you look at Templeton or any of the other MGP um, people who source from them. The, uh, there's plenty of bourbon nerds out there who d- took the time to dig up the actual details. And so the truth is out there. So I don't think it's a big issue, but right, um, right. still kind of something to be aware of, especially for sure. people just getting into mm-hmm. um, the bourbon and whiskey space. I think it becomes a bigger deal for them because now, you know, whoever puts out the newest bottle, it's like, okay, they had to source from one of these three places this story's not true. You know, it, it quickly right. gets um, beaten up and everything else. So, yeah, probably not as big of a deal, especially kind of for my target audience, but mm-hmm. um, still still interesting. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if you were shopping and then there's like a whiskey person behind you and it was just like, you know, that's not really handcrafted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, sour mash, but that doesn't mean anything. And just yeah. like whispering, yeah. whiskey would be no fun. You'd be like, what am I supposed to buy now? Like, that that is, is crazy. true. Some, some of the allure and uh, everything else is wrapped around those stories and um, it definitely makes it more fun. You don't want to be kind of the Grinch of bourbon who just – ruins it for everyone you know you can't even enjoy anything because you have to have um some negative side to it so there definitely needs to be a balance there but (laughs) (laughs) hopefully nobody's standing behind me at the store just (laughs) judging every bottle i pick up and (laughs) nah um actually sort of speaking on the same sort of wavelength about this um you wrote about kentucky owl um the release the second release and we're big fans of Dixon on uh, this podcast. We're big fans mm-hmm. of him in real life. And uh, he's he's awesome and sort of was the one that got me into whiskey. So I am totally biased when I talk about him. <laughs> um, but I thought it was really interesting because there's been a, a bit of controversy about the Kentucky Owl products being, you know, the price at the price point um, and being a non-distilling producer. Um, and you sort of took a stance on that and we're in and sort of uh came out in defense of that piece and which i appreciate because i sort of have the same uh, viewpoint as you do uh but i know that twitter was you know there was all a buzz going on um about that piece um is there anything you sort of uh want to say about that ndp sort of thing yeah. kind of goes along with the the marketing stuff and and all that yeah, I mean, I think that's just kind of um, like a sore subject for some people in bourbon. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I get why. really like, upset. Um, you, you know, the thing is, they are they are making a product. You know, I talked to I don't know Dixon other than send him an email, ask him if I could interview him, you know, had a conversation with him. Seems like a nice guy, but I don't have any other reason to, uh, you know, promote Kentucky Owl or anything like that. Um, but... They put out a good product. Um, the story is legitimate. You know, it's not something that they just all of a sudden decided they wanted to be a bourbon brand and created this fictional story uh, or fictional. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, as long as the product's good and I'm a big believer in if people are paying that price for it, well, th- that's what it's worth then, you know? Mm-hmm. It's. Um, and people were paying a lot more for that yeah. product on the secondary market. So 
if you really want to get down into what's a bourbon worth, well, that's kind of a, a rabbit hole that um, I don't think any of us want to dive down, especially with so much. So it kind of goes back into the just being an educated consumer. If you And they've never lied about anything, but if you understand their story, kind of where they're coming from and what their process is, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to mm-hmm. spend the amount – I. I was able to get some samples of it, and I think it's pretty good. So, yeah. um, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things. Uh, some people just want to be angry about, <laughs> have something to be angry about, <laughs> and not not to say that um, not all of it is unfounded or anything. Um, I mean, I get why people would be upset, but I think they just didn't understand the whole story. And once you kind of get the whole story, it's like, well, who you know who are we to say what they should charge? Um, that's kind of always my uh, response to most of those w- people who are like, well, it's not worth $150. Okay, right. well, what is it worth? Right. W- one, have you tried it? And two, what is it worth? How do you decide? Um, you know, because it's an actual product. They have costs that go into it. And I don't know if it's a big moneymaker. I don't know if they're losing money on it. But yeah. No, nobody knows that except for them. So it's kind of hard to say what it's worth. Um, so, Doesn't yeah, make- that's that, that's kind of a big, big subject. Anytime there's an NDP coming out with a nice looking bottle, it's mm-hmm. going to have controversy. Yeah, <laughs> there's just, yeah. There's oh, just sure. no way around it. <laughs> well, like it makes it you make an interesting point though. Um, you talk about the story and whiskey and that that history, and so certainly. Uh, Dixon has it. Will it? You know, uh, they mm-hmm. have it there as well. I mean, different situation there, so, but uh, but still, uh, they have that history. And then you have a lot of producers coming in that also don't distill their own whiskey, but um, their story is completely made up. It's it's all BS, right? So now you've got this compromise of well, can somebody and does anybody make good whiskey? Without that, hey, my grandfather made whiskey, <laughs> you know, 50 yeah. years ago, and I've got the secret recipe, which we know the secret recipe is all BS. There's not a thing. I, I can't imagine there's a secret <laughs> recipe in any distillery from Jim Beam to the smallest guy that's been like, oh, yeah, it's the same recipe for 200 years ago. No, no, it's yeah. not. It's it it not. was terrible. And then we just yeah. did this one thing. And now <laughs> it is amazing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so can, you know, is there room, is there space in this market for somebody that just really loves whiskey and wants to make whiskey, mm-hmm. but doesn't have that family lineage and doesn't want to make up, you know, stories mm-hmm. about the past or have a, you know, bottle that looks like it's you know, been made in the twenties. Yeah, really. I, I definitely think there is. And I, I think about somebody like a smooth ambler or, um, let's see, who'd be another good example, even like Balcones and Garrison brothers out in Texas. Um, they're, they're kind of the same thing. It's mainly the craft guys doing it now. Cause really most of the major players can trace a history back to, you know, some, old Kentucky moonshiner or something like that. Um, now obviously it's changed ownerships and everything, but, um, you look at somebody like a smooth ambler who they're in West Virginia. That's not bourbon country. They basically just said, Hey, we like whiskey. Let's start a distillery. Uh, we source from MGP. So here's our line of source products while our stuff that we actually distilled gets ready. And hopefully actually, I think this fall or early spring, some of their own, whiskey will be fully aged um so i think that there there definitely is space for that and people eat it up i mean smooth ambler has kind of 
really taken off in the last few years, um, at least in my bourbon cabinet. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely space for that. And, and that's kind of what people want now, too. Yeah, we can uh, we can hear your uh, dog in the background. I see a common theme okay, between you... uh, oh, whiskey, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whiskey writers and I'm the dogs. only one without a dog here. Oh, man. I well, I, I even put her bark collar on, hoping that she oh. wouldn't make too much noise. But <laughs> she's a hunting dog so... that is um, afraid of any loud noise. So <laughs> she's basically just something that barks loud when there's someone outside the door. So. <laughs> What kind, so what kind of dog is it? It's a German short-haired pointer. Oh, oh I, awesome. I have a, my best friend has a GSP. His name yeah. is Austin, and he's a delight. But he is yeah. he is kind of a wimp, though, a little bit, like during storms and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what – so, I mean, I'm not a huge hunter or anything, but thought I could at least get her to retrieve dove and that kind of thing. And, <laughs> no, I mean, if you even – clap your hands too loud she's cowering in a corner so <laughs> oh no it's like oh man oh, oh well <laughs> that's awesome um well so uh what i sort of said near the beginning was that like i consult your website quite often actually blake for um your um sort of charts and mash bills and like cheat sheets and things like that um it's. I can only imagine how much time it is taking you to put that stuff together, and I think it's so important to have that sort of available for people. I've used. I've used them. I honestly countless times when I've done tastings, um, in terms of like talking about mash bills and things like that. And um, yeah, I it, like how much time is it actually taking you to put that stuff together? I cannot believe that you have a full-time job as well <laughs> because it yeah. seems like it seems they, like uh, it's it's you just put together these awesome snapshots of um these sort of really important pieces that are like great for the internet because we have no mm-hmm. attention span whatsoever <laughs> and you just want to like look at it and be like okay got it and yeah. Yeah. yeah so i'm guessing that it was sort of your plan to have a space uh that sort of gave that to people Definitely. And so those I pretty much had created for myself. So um, <laughs> that's a very a, whiskey nerd yeah, thing. To, to I was do. at a, a friend's house one time and he asked me a question about something and I, I couldn't remember. So I pull up the chart and he's like, are you looking up your own chart on your phone? <laughs> I'm like, I can't remember this stuff. There's way too much. to. Re-. So it really depends on the distillery. Some of them, it's pretty quick and you can put them together pretty easy. I mean, they're done in Microsoft Paint, so it's nothing fancy. Um, that's the level of design that accountants have <clears throat> is my, <clears throat> Microsoft Paint. But it, it really just depends. Like the Buffalo Trace one, it it was pretty quick, and it was like the first one. And then I'm like, you know, this is pretty interesting. I should just start doing them for more. The uh, Heaven Hill one, that, that one <clears throat> probably took, the longest and most of it's just stuff I've saved over the years of you know it's coming from different forums or Facebook groups and that kind of stuff and um, yeah just my own mind thinks in the same way as probably yours of okay I just want to see a picture of everything grouped together and then I'll get it <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but until I see that and yeah so th- those have been definitely a popular thing on the blog but it's kind of funny they're 
I'm like, well, this may help me remember some of the stuff. And then I think I posted the Buffalo Trace one and got a pretty good response from it. So I'm like, well, might as well keep doing them for the rest of the distilleries. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And then, of course, you have the very important uh, Buffalo Tri- Trace Antique Collection release map, where uh, yes. you're using yes. uh, ba- basically your your uh, your fellowship to help you find when the latest releases are coming out. That's got to be a big success. That's a great great spot on the internet, right there. It definitely is. Um, and that was another one where I think I started that one uh, two or three years ago. Um, and just kind of the same thing of, you know, people in all these groups are saying, well, has it released here? Has this state released? I'm like, oh, you know, what would be cool is if I did that. Well, that's kind of really pushed a lot of my traffic. The I'm going to do one for Pappy again as well this year. Um, so I've those those things definitely help and they're kind of fun because then you get to see all the conversation and the comments of guys helping each other out and um and then people get upset sometimes if you, uh, you know, say one state's released and maybe it's not in their area and like, well, no, so-and-so is not released. And, um, <laughs> so I've kind of learned over the years to get pictures from people to verify that they actually got a bottle and it was the current year's release. Um, I think I made the mistake last year saying that Georgia had released, but it was actually, um, a 2013 bottle instead of 2014. And I'm getting all this hate mail of like, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. It is not here in Georgia. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like I'm, a, I'm traveling with my family. This is not, that. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I learned it was, and I need to be really certain that her state has released, but, um, <laughs> that so doesn't sound fun. like the internet yeah. at all. Then yeah. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody gets mad about stuff that people do for free. <laughs> <laughs> so now you've got this basically like you've got a you've got this socially placed <clears throat> responsibility to deliver the correct information, yes, otherwise yes. the consequence. <laughs> Which now I feel like I've done for the most part this year, and now it's like, well, this county was released, but this other county hasn't released, uh-huh. so you should take it off the map. Like, um, guys, the point of the. The point of the map is by state. That means that if your county hasn't gotten it yet, it's probably close. Or, you know, maybe there is a couple different distributor, distributors, but that's not the point of the map, and that's going to take a whole lot more time to keep straight. Maybe one day, but as of now, it'll just be state by state. <laughs> you should just uh, add the Canada right, right up top. It's pretty easy to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't get a lot. What is it, so... LCBO? Or yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Have yeah. they gotten it yet? Check no. yes or no. <laughs> I was going to say, there'll be a lottery. It'll be in November. It's nice yeah. and easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which that's a lot of states are going to that now. I mean, Pennsylvania just down here just announced that they are um, doing a lottery system. And there's a lot of, I, I think people are getting kind of tired of the phone calls and everything else that they get from, you know, a release that they may get four to five bottles of. So they just say either no, we're not getting it or yeah, it's a lottery system, but which, you know, you can't blame them. Um, it's a very small percentage of their revenue. So should probably be a small percentage of their time as well. But, uh, every, all, all bourbon enthusiasts want their antique collections. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which you, uh, posted your thoughts on it. Not Mm -hmm. so long ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was lucky enough to get some samples um, this year from the antique collection, and 
It's kind of, I think I put in there, it's like you're really cutting hairs on where you're going to be critical of a lot of these things because none of them are just going to have these, you know, huge flaw or be really bad or anything. Um, But the William LaRue Weller definitely stood out to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was probably the first year that in several at least that I thought it was better than the stag. I typically like the stag the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but but then trying to put those two and the Sazerac next to each other of which one's better than the other, like they're definitely the top line. And then a slightly less line is the Eagle Rare 17 and the Handy. Um, I don't – the Handy has never been that great to me. I mean, it's good. Um People go crazy over it, I know, but it's never been my number one target just because, I don't know, it's it's barrel-proof six-year rye um, that I think is good, but I'm not going to go out and spend $200 on it or anything like that. Um, but, you know, Buffalo Trace has done a really good job of keeping those really consistent, and there, there's definitely difference from year to year, but overall they've done a really good job of producing a consistent product so that was the the stag this year was the hot topic because there was only i think uh, (laughs) it's another one of those times i'm gonna have to look at my own chart but i think (laughs) like four or five thousand bottles were released Mm -hmm. this year and um talking with the brand manager over there chris comstock it sounds like there may have been some leakage to the barrels uh more than just you know regular angel share um, so that one I'm sure will be really tough to get a hold of this year, but luckily I have some 2014 and 2013 left. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's no, that's, that's really great. I, I think the, um, yeah, we, we did the tasting as well and, um, they're, like you said, they're all really, really, really great. I'm, I'm one of those, I'm on the side of handy. I'm, I'm, I'm a big okay. side of, yeah. I'm on a big side of that. I like the, um, I like the transition. I like the transition of flavors that it went through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, they were all great. They were all really, really fantastic. And like you said, you are really splitting hairs. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the thing. And in, in, with the antique collection, there's kind of something for everyone. I kind of know what I like for the most part. And but rise, and there's there's only a few rise that I really, really like. Um so, but a guy who likes rye whiskey and the handy is probably going to be unbelievable, you know? Um, so I think they offer a good range with those, with the antique collection. Yeah, it really is. They, they really push the flavor <clears throat> profiles, give you a little bit of something mm-hmm. for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. and like you said, I do like the way it evolves from year to year, how you yeah. know, the stacks getting a little more refined, a little <clears throat> less crazy. I like that level of refinement, um, or at least the, that kind of vintage to it, uh, from year to year. It's, it's pretty, makes for a fun story. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, it's kind of nice when you can just put something out with zero marketing other than a press release and then the internet blows up over it. So, <laughs> or the, the bourbon internet blows up over it. So. Yeah, I, I must admit I'm also a handy. Oh, like, man. I really, so like that 20, I, I really I like that 2014. No, you know what? The I'm weather the was out of control. <laughs> this yeah. year the weller was oh, so when we great. like yeah. it was it sort of was like a unanimous thing where people were sort of blown away you could just watch it go around the table and we were in the buffalo trace lab so it was like you you were sitting at this table it was really cool there's a couple people there 
and the table like spins a little bit and you could mm-hmm. just watch people's like faces just like light up when they had this weller and it was it was something super special this year it's super great yeah. yeah did you get to try it at buffalo trace then yeah oh yeah. man yeah that's an experience it was it was we were like two weeks ago i think it was yeah so it was pretty pretty exceptional that's we keep, pretty we keep awesome drinking yeah. all their uh taylor um uh cured oak <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. It was I, just I think sitting we've, we've there. Been there we've been there twice now and every single time that bottle gets i think it's down at the bottom now it's like i don't even know why they pull it out for us they're like they, yeah. you know we're gonna drink it all like like oh shoot those guys are coming again hide it <laughs> hide it they're like yeah. they just kept saying this is the end of it there's no more left and i was like hmm, maybe they're just mm. saying that to us i know that's yeah, yeah. yeah. Come come drink more year. of it i mean come on it's just like what? This is the very last time I'll have it. Go, 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 go. Mysteriously, another bottle appears from the back room. They're like, yeah. okay. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> no, that's um, funny. They're, they're yeah. pretty serious there. We had uh, we had the uh, Taylor, the Tornado uh, mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And, the Warehouse C. Yeah, and that one literally um, uh, Drew kind of pours it. He's like, this is literally the last that I have. And he poured us the tiniest <laughs> little sliver. And that, that bottle's at the very bottom. I'm like, wow, if Buffalo Trace doesn't have this stuff, how are yeah, the rest yeah. of us who, supposed to get it? Who else does? Yeah, no, that one's, I'm pretty sure that one's long gone. You see one pop up every now and then around the trading groups but i think the last one i saw was like 800 something dollars a bottle or something so i'm like no i'm i'm okay okay. (laughs) wow i'll pass that's crazy oh man i saw a taylor um we've talked about this before but a taylor cured oak for a thousand in a liquor store in the states i know yeah. And no, that was my reaction. Actually, my reaction was a little bigger than that. I was like, yeah. what are you talking about? I was yelling. I was like, are you kidding? He's like, it's not me that sets the price. And I was like, it's fine. You're fine. I'm just yeah. having a moment. It's okay. Okay. Well, whoever sets the price, yeah. he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Get the the internet mob on them, and I'm oh sure they. Will. Yeah. I know the internet mob. So so no. so you obviously encounter the inter- internet mob quite often. Is there like a controversial post that you put up on your uh, no, <laughs> on your blog yeah, that not, that's not sort of too like? Much. Oh, I mean, yeah. I get the uh, I get the occasional, but for the most part, um, I don't know if I just ignore it. Well, if people are critical or if I don't get it. Um, I did launch a premium version of Bourboner a few months ago, and it got, I mean, so basically nothing changes with Bourboner, but I launched a new site, and um, I'm doing like barrel purchases, a couple other different things, like some stores give me discounts for those readers, a bunch of different things, like like we do a bunch of giveaways and that kind of stuff, a bunch of different things like that, and it was like... I said, okay, um, I'm going to go to the Humane Society. We're going to torture animals on this site. Like, you just would have thought. Like, these were the the most insane comments. Like, F you, you're terrible. Like, you were what's wrong with bourbon? I'm like, oh, my word. I deleted some of them. Some of them were pretty funny that were (laughs) criticals. I left those up. All right, if you're being mean or rude in a funny manner, it's okay. So I'll leave that up. <laughs> if you're just being dumb to be dumb, like oh, I'm going to delete that. But yeah, no, that that was the biggest one. Other than that, not too bad. I think my poor man's pappy post gets uh, criticized a pretty good bit um, because it was originally the Weller Centennial blend or the straight bourbon blend um, from the straight straight bourbon forum um but 
nobody knows what Weller Centennial is anymore. So whenever I did my post, I compared it to the the uh, ten or twelve year. We're not happy about that either. Um, <clears throat> so between those two posts, that's probably my biggest uh, the biggest hate I get. But um, <laughs> oh, no. all in all, not too bad. I think I've gotten it pretty easy for the most part. Maybe it's because I do the mash bill. Um, cheat sheets and that pe- that keeps everyone happy so <laughs> <laughs> they there's don't enough positive association exactly there. They yeah yeah they're like well we hate them for this but <laughs> i do use that you know elijah Craig barrel proof cheat sheet or the buffalo trace mash bill cheat sheet a lot so we'll give them a pass <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh so blake what are you drinking so Nothing at the moment, but in general, um, I've been drinking a lot of, I had turned 30 a couple weeks ago, and so I picked up um, several different bottles that were bottled, aged, and distilled in 1985, Um, and so just to kind of see the difference of what whiskey tasted like 30 years ago as opposed to to today, there's... um, it's really interesting, you know, if, if you have a chance to try something that was made by national distillers, um, do so because it's, it's really good stuff. It's, it's got a, like a toffee and a caramel note that you just don't find in much of today's stuff. Um, then other than that, i drink been drinking a lot of the Smooth Ambler, the rye uh, store picks, so it's the cast strength rye. I think the one I had was eight years. Um, I'll have to go. I don't remember which store it was from. I'd have to check. But so I drink a lot of that as well. That's that's my go-to rye. It's just it's really hard to beat the MGP LDI cast strength rye um, that Smooth Ambler's putting out. So that's that's been my go-to's as of re- as of recently. How does it compare to a Willet, for example? Uh, very similar, um, but similar to like the four year that they put out for a while. I mean, it's obviously not like the new stuff of their own distillate that they're putting out, but um, I don't know if I've had a Willet in the eight year, a rye in the eight year range. I think the closest one I had was six year. Um, So it's it's very similar to that. Um, I think I would probably, I'd have to taste them blind, but I think I'd probably go with the smooth ambler just because, um, well, one, I was picking these bottles up for fifty dollars, and you just don't do that with Willet, right. especially the uh, their rye. Um, so, on price alone, I would go with that. But taste, I still think I'd like to do one with like a side by side of an eight year Willet rye and or nine years. I don't remember if they put out an eight year rye and some of the Smooth Ambler private barrels. Um, but both very good. But the the Smooth Ambler has been more definitely more available and it's probably where will it was a couple years ago so two years from now when we're talking it'll be like two hundred dollars a bottle or something right, right. <laughs> and impossible to find exactly <laughs> oh exactly yeah we, we spoke to drew from will and he he basically doesn't want any press he's like nope i'm i'm selling as much as i possibly could I don't, yeah I don't yeah don't need to sell anymore an, another uh great position as well like yeah they can just kind of keep their head down and um just kind of continue to make good product and the two year was good i mean i was impressed mm-hmm. for two years so it'll be interesting to see where it goes i think their bourbon is close to being two years i don't know y'all may know um or maybe it's two or three years um so i imagine they'll be 
putting some of that out fairly soon. But yeah, Willett does a good job. They uh, they get to be a part of some of the whiskey and bourbon hate every now and then, but that's just because people are trying to flip their bottles and then <laughs> they try to keep. They do a good job of trying to get it to people who are actually drinking it. But you know, it's yeah. you can only do so much. Um, so yeah, they they do a really good job with with everything. Mark, what are you drinking? Um, so I'm drinking the. Uh, well, I'm doing October Scotch Month because I've been oh, drinking right. so much bourbon. So I'm drinking the uh, Lugavulin, uh, the double um, double matured. So it's been matured okay. in American oak and then finished off in sherry oak. So it's basically a 16 year old uh, Lugavulin uh, that's been that's got a little more sweetness to it, a little bit more more of those kind of sherry notes to it. With obviously very nicely peated, beautiful drink. Um, they mm. release it once a year, and each year it's a little different. What about yourself, Jamie? Uh, I am drinking Four Roses, single barrel. Um, the great go-to. Like, I could yes. drink this every day. Just <laughs> super easy, delightful, lovely. Like, you can't say – I, ca- I cannot say a bad word about it. Like, I, I recommend it to everybody. I love this one. Mm-hmm. I, think I've, I think I've drank it before on this. I'm running out of bourbons to drink. I think <laughs> I think things are happening in my whiskey cabinet. I'm not sure if I've been drinking more lately, <laughs> but I'm thief. like There's... Yeah, I'm like what's <laughs> happening over here? Oh my goodness, I'm doubling up. But I guess if you're going to double up on anything, Four Roses is not going to be a bad one to to drink a lot of. So, not I'm at just... all. Four Roses <sighs> always falls into my some of my favorite. And <laughs> that's another one who just kind of, you know, they get some publicity and all that kind of stuff, but um they just do a good job of putting out great products and people go crazy for them. You know, it's not a whole yeah. lot of story or, mm-hmm. or yeah. it's, you know, more recent stuff that they uh, will talk about the history of. But um, they do, I believe, have a mash bill chart on their website that's similar to the Bourboner one, but theirs looks a whole lot better than mine. So I can't say anything. <laughs> I did see it after I published mine. I'm like, huh, that oh. looks very similar. It yeah. just looks a lot prettier than mine. <laughs> they have some marketing dollars behind that's their right. brand. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, right. That's, that's right. I mean, the one thing I will say that's kind of a bummer for us when it comes to four roses is we will never see, we, we never get private barrel selections. That's something that just never finds really? its way ever, 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 ever. So, um, you know, if we want something that isn't sort of the standard uh, single barrel sort of OBSV, I think. Mm-hmm. Am I right? It's OBSV in this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 90% want... sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll say. We'll just say. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if, you know, then we have to go find some in the States. Mm. Yeah. Well, next time you're in the States, I will get you a bottle yes. of the Bourboner uh, private nice. pig. Oh, it turned amazing. out pretty good. Yeah, that's nice. amazing. So, so thank you for having me on. <laughs> oh, such our pleasure. This is great. So much fun. Well, this is that, some good. I'd say I, I, that's right. How, tell us about that private pick. How does that work? Yeah, that must have been. Yeah, fun. so that that's some of the most fun I've had with the whole bourbon thing is getting to do private picks. Is so if you're in Kentucky or traveling to to Kentucky, you can go to the actual distillery. They roll out barrels, do all this stuff, and. um then, uh, but if you know, then you get to pick your different bourbon there. But if you're not, um, you get sent different samples. And typically, with four roses, you can kind of choose the mash bills you want. Um, and so they just send you four or five samples, and you get to try them all. And um, 
pick which one you want. Um, so that's pretty cool because sitting down with, uh, I think I had five Four Roses and I think three of them were OESK and two of them were OBSK. And um, just kind of tasting the difference in these barrels that some of them are stacked on top of each other and there's still a noticeable difference. Just doing that side-by-side tasting is well worth it. Uh, so that's, that's a really cool process to that's go awesome. through. Um, so that's, it, it's fun to get a bottle and then have a label that I always try to throw my own name on there or something like that. <laughs> a vanity measure to, uh, yeah, why wouldn't you? Of course. <laughs> course that's why it's so it's very appealing the whole process of it sounds awesome mm-hmm. and even something as simple as you know the maker's mark ambassador program where you yeah. see your name on a, a barrel i think it's such a like i did it obviously because mm-hmm. there is that piece of it that you sort of want to see your name on it because it's you feel like it's yours so like it's definitely it's very appealing yeah and actually maker's mark just announced it was today or last night that they're going to start doing yeah. Yeah, I saw so that. I got the email. Interesting. That'll be uh, it'll be interesting. I emailed them to see if I could take part in it. Um, Sorry, say, say that again. What are they? What did they announce? So they're doing their own private barrel program, but I'll have to go look at the announcement. But it's something about you get it's Maker's Mark forty six, but you get to choose the type of wood or something. Jamie, do you remember? Um, Me, I can pull it up right it, now. It was yeah. There's something, some little kind of different angle. So basically. You pick the barrel and then the type of wood you want. Then they age it for additional nine weeks, and then they bottle it. You know, as like a regular private barrel. I assume they have some special labeling and everything. Um, but I guess they're only allowing. I think it's Illinois and Kentucky retailers as of now. So, um, and I you're in find, Florida, in, right? Yes, in Florida. I need to find an Illinois or Kentucky retail partner. So we can, uh, <laughs> it's so interesting. They uh, The email is is kind of hilarious because it's like, we don't really know all the details, but we're yeah, thinking yeah. about 2016. But so like, it almost sounds like, you know, somebody thought about this like last week and they're like, okay, like, let's just <laughs> like, we'll figure it out later. Just like yeah. send out the email. because Which is but, very unlike Maker's Mark, I feel like. Yeah. But did you see the new Maker's Mark 46 cast strength? Yeah. Cast yeah. Strength. yeah we, so, I got a bottle. Yeah. Yeah. I got a we bottle and it. it looks like somebody took uh, like a mailing label and just yes. printed it out. Mine's kind of crooked. It's not even level. I'm like, <laughs> this, like, this is pretty funny actually because uh, good for them for just getting the product out there, especially yep. when they know it's going to sell out. But oh, for sure. um, it's pretty funny. Yeah. So... Yeah, they, so. they, they don't do anything like they, they don't, you know, their, their printing press is still from the, you know, where they print the yeah. labels is still from the <laughs> 60s. I, we did a, we did a tour there and one of uh, one of the people on our tour, uh, one, of, uh, one of our friends is uh, he actually does print label related work as, as his day job. And he's like, he's like, I don't think they sell those anymore. <laughs> he's like, it's like I, yeah, I don't think they've sold them for 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um, um, yeah. They're, yeah. I'm they're really that's great. Uh, they're really they're really kind of trying to ju- like Maker's Mark is moving in that direction. They they, yeah, they, assume, they want our attention. They want eventually yeah. yeah get like a the bottle that's etched like the forty the regular forty six, mm-hmm. but 
for now they're just like eh, throw it out there <laughs> yeah yeah totally it's which is kind of hilarious but they they do um say that you can uh, it starts with makers uh and then you finish the whiskey uh with a combination of five different kinds of woods mm-hmm. um oh. any combination and then an additional nine weeks of aging and then they bottle it at cast strength and oh look it says with handwritten details of the exact proof and save combination around the label so they will be uh. They will Perfect. continue to handwrite details, yeah, uh, making everything yeah. a little. No, I, you know, that's it, awesome. It, I'm such it, a I think fan it's a great. It sounds like it's going to be a great program. Oh, um, definitely. And <laughs> it's going to be people are going to get super nerdy about it, which is cool. I shouldn't kind of make fun of the. 46 cash strength because that may hurt my chances of getting in the private program. Yep. <laughs> pull that right up. Pull that. No, just I, think, kidding, <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, it's good. It's good. Um, so like I see on your website, um, you've, you have, uh, uh, an iPhone app and you also now, I think it's, this is kind of new. You're building in, it's a web-based, uh, tracking scoring website. Is that about mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So basically bourboner started as a way to keep track of reviews online, um, and then kind of a few months later, I'm like, well, you know, a blog would probably help me get attention to this and I have some things I think I could share. Um, well then the blog kind of picked up a lot faster than anything else. And so I kind of focus more on the blog now and the app is in the, in iTunes store now or Apple store now. Um, and it's basically just a a version of Bourboner, the site on your phone. Um, so you can keep track of different reviews, tastings, all that kind of stuff. And it's something that's going to get worked on a lot in the next couple of months. But um, just with the fall bourbon season being the most popular time for the, uh, for the bourbon world um, and for my site, it's, it's kind of taken a back seat as of now. But I'm hoping to make a lot of improvements to the app. It's just kind of one of those things you got to go with um, what's doing best. And so for now, that's the blog. Um, So hopefully, I mean, you can still keep track of reviews, but there's a few things that I think definitely need to be added or improved on in the the, uh, app. But um, we're not there just yet, but it still works. So we'd love for everyone to try out and give me some feedback as we kind of go through a, a rebuild or a revision of the app. Um, so, and, and that kind of leads into something we had talked about earlier about rating and reviewing whiskeys. Um, on my, I guess it's my antique collection post, I put the first paragraph kind of talked about ratings today and how every limited edition, there's somebody calling it a 98 or, you know, excellent and kind of how we're really bad about deciding what gets a 98 or what gets a 96. And I mean, I don't know what the difference between a 98 and a 96 is. So how can I tell someone, Hey, this is 98, but this is slightly not as good. It's a 96. So, (laughs) um, I think just putting numbers became a whole lot harder for me because then I look at something like a four roses store pick that it's really good. And I only spent 50 bucks on it. And so then how do I compare that? Should price be a part of the rating or, um, you know, should you just rate it based just on the whiskey or, you know, if these are both 80 point whiskeys, but this one's $10 and this one's $75 that should kind of come into play. So, um, the whole rating thing is kind of, um, 
just been on my mind a lot lately and just how that should really work. So I try to put as many flavor notes without sounding like a a wine snob um, (laughs) up that I can and that that are legitimate. You know, I'm not just going to start throwing different adjectives around because it sounds good. Um, And then just kind of leaving it up to the person, Uh, you know, maybe give some other things like, well, you know, you can get this for $125 and I think it's good. But if you're on a budget and your budget for the month is $125 for bourbon, why wouldn't you go buy two $50 bottles and a $25 bottle? And, you know, so just trying to bring all that in without putting just a number on there, I think has kind of become my focus recently. So um, would be interested to see what you all think about ratings and everything, uh, like just do you put numbers on your ratings usually? So when I when I did the the book, I did not put any numbers. I've, I've mm-hmm. been working on a numbering system forever, and I've never been very happy with anything I've done in that category. Mm-hmm. I find that, um, you know, barring from my wine friends, though, I did learn a little bit about how they rate wine. Um, and in their point of view, like, a, it's an interesting point of view because for them, it's like, you know, if you've got a wine writer, he may prefer red or white wine, but he's going to rate, you know, he's not going to rate, red wine if he loves red wine he's not going to rate red wine you know all 95s and it's like oh it's a mm-hmm. white wine it starts at 85 the whole idea yeah. he wants to you know it, so for him and then what i've tried to work on is it's not about necessarily the preference of the palate but what the drink the flavor profile that it's going for how well is it succeeding in the direction it's going so mm-hmm. the um so if you look at wine it's 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 good it's like okay you it's this is a chardonnay what how does this compare to other chardonnays what's the flavor profile um it's not necessarily you know a wine writer might rate something 92 and be like but i don't really like white wine i prefer reds and pick red mm-hmm. wine nine times out of ten but still give a wine white wine an equal or similar rating, um, but I, I confused everything. I have a like a, the number score, and I also have a, have a, a, a star score. And the, and the idea behind the star score is I borrowed from the uh, restaurant world. It kind mm-hmm. of restaurant world, they kind of say zero stars, don't bother. One star, it's like a great local joint if you leave, live nearby. Two stars, you know, it's a great place to go if to drive across town. It's worth that drive. And then three stars is like, wow, you know, you may want to fly if you're in that city. This is the restaurant to go to. You may want to fly to that city. Um, so I use a kind of similar four star system where it's, you know, like a two star is like, eh, it'll come and go. You don't always have to have this in your whiskey cabinet. And I, mm-hmm. it's interesting because in the whiskey world, people don't like seeing, wait, you're rating, you know, whatever two star. That doesn't seem great out of four. But it just means it's not something you're going to have all the way around. And then yeah. a four star is just exceptionally unique. And, you know, I mean antique collection would be a great example of a four star like you can't possibly it's great if you can get your hands on it obviously do but you're not likely to get it um so with that star system i do take account price because i think the star system makes a whole lot more sense too because you kind of have these different levels of buy any chance you can get um you know buy for special occasions because it's good but maybe not worth the money and or you know eh, this is a daily drinker it's good but it's available everywhere i think the star system definitely um makes a lot more sense than just a one to a hundred scale because one we only use probably from 70 to 100 anyway so why even have one to a hundred yeah but um yeah which then i read all these articles about like 
uh, wine connoisseurs and critics who in, in uh, experiments were given the same wine three times and they couldn't decipher. And actually most of them would mark one of them bad and one of them good. And really it's just the same wine three different times. So I'm like, if guys who have trained for years to do this aren't always getting it right, like that's, I'm probably not going to get it right every time either. So, um, yeah, I think that's my biggest pet peeve with the 100 point system is like, you're, you're if, if if you're you know if you have a science degree you're like that means you're accurate to 0.5 percent right yeah which, yeah which is not which is not true which is just not just, true just doesn't happen uh, yeah it's interesting definitely to think about and then it kind of makes you look at other reviews differently too of um saying well you know as i think we all have our bias and i know my reviews are definitely my preference because there's probably a lot of bourbons that i've said eh, it's not very good and really it's just not that good because i don't like it um doesn't mean that other people won't like it um and i try to at least state that too of hey i don't like this one but there is a lot of people who do so if you're into these kind of releases um give it a shot but <laughs> i think i have that same review for old forester birthday bourbon pretty much every <laughs> year yeah yeah that's the 13 was good but um there's just a few other ones where I'm like, I just don't think this is my my preference. <laughs> but there's people who love it, so it's definitely a good release. But yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. It seems to be the common theme. It's like it's good, but it's okay. But good, you know, it's just not my thing. Yeah, so. I hear that a lot. Absolutely. All right, Blake, thank you so much for coming yes, on you, and Blake. chatting with us. Um, always love chatting with, with uh, you know, you're forward and honest and straightforward about whiskey. Love hearing that. Uh, very much appreciate your time. Uh, you can get Blake on bourboner.com. It's without the final E. Um, it's B-O-U-R-B-O-N-R.com. Uh, thank you so much for, for coming on. Appreciate it, Mark. Jamie, thanks for having me. Thanks Cheers. so much, Blake. Have a good one. Cheers.